Hello? And I'm not into that. But I'm a hopeless romantic. I am the worst homosexual. But, like, just know that. The most viral gay podcast to ever exist across the world, because those don't exist. Welcome back to another episode of The Whole Whole Podcast. I feel like it has been a while since I've talked to you all, and that's because it kind of has been. It's been, like, two weeks since my last episode was released. I tried to um, take, you know, the 4th of July to enjoy our god-awful country and take some minutes to reflect on that. And by that, I mean I had nothing to talk about. So I just didn't. And I hope you all understand that. I feel like you would. But to start this episode today, before we kind of get into today's topic, before we kind of, you know, start the conversations, I kind of just wanted to talk to you all. I kind of just wanted to fill you all in, let you all know the gays, the days, and everybody on and off the binary, what's going on, what's been going on in my life, what's, I mean, because you all care, that's why you're here, is to, is to learn more about what's going on. So here I am, you know, in my living room, where I always am. But in my living room today, we have um, a few other, you know, household objects. So let me, let me describe this for you. We have um, a spatula, we have dish rags, we've got some, some cute pots, okay, some nice blue stainless steel Walmart brand pots. Um, a duster, an oven mitt, you know, we have everything that you would normally have in a kitchen in our living room. Why, you may be asking, because our fucking kitchen is underwater. And I understand that I'm a dramatic person. That doesn't change. I don't know if you can hear the dripping in the background, but our kitchen is currently leaking from the ceiling, obviously, where else would it leak from, into our literal kitchen space. Like, there's tarps, okay? There's tarps on the ground. If you've ever seen Jeffrey Dahmer on Netflix, picture that in my kitchen here in in the kitchen that barely gets used. But that's besides the point. So today I went to the grocery store and I was like, I can't even get anything because I don't have anything to use. If I use the, the stove, I think the entire apartment's going to blow up. If I use the sink, I'm afraid that I'm going to get asbestos or herpes in my blood. And the fridge is still plugged in, which is great. So I bought a lot of food that I can use in the microwave that's going to be plugged into the office because we don't have any other plugs. So that's great. Um, Leaking through the cabinets, probably leaking through the floor at this point. There is really no hope for civilization. There is no hope for um, life in that kitchen anytime soon. Not that there was life in it before, but now there really isn't. I want to describe the kitchen for you. Actually, I'm just going to describe our entire apartment ceilings. Um, they're drop ceilings, okay? So if you've ever seen that Nene leaks. I was shocked, honey. I was in tears almost. And it has a white refrigerator. I was like, oh, oh not a white refrigerator. Girl, please put your shoes on. Let's go find you a home, honey. Ooh, From Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yeah, that's what we feel like sometimes. We do have a white refrigerator, okay? Nothing wrong with her. She ain't classy, though. But our ceilings are drop ceilings, and the only ceilings in our apartment that are white on white is the kitchen. Every other ceiling tile is differently colored in every... Like, is that even a phrase? Differently colored? is a different color beam than it is drop ceiling, if that makes sense. I'll post a picture on Instagram so you can, like, get the vibes that I'm talking about. But, so the only 
place in this apartment that doesn't need a new ceiling is the kitchen because it looks cohesive, but now the whole kitchen is being redone. Fucking Lord Jesus, almighty hell on earth, please help us. Please help us. If you or someone you know is experiencing a life-threatening condition, please contact 911 because what's happening here is a 911 situation. Don't know how long it's going to take, but all I have to say is if I cannot cook my mini puff pastries from Trader Joe's and little hot dogs in the little fucking oven, I will be suing the state of Massachusetts for not only child neglect, but also displacement. If anyone has any tips on insurance, like am I supposed to reach out to my home insurance, my, my renter's insurance, router, router, whatever it is, should I do that? Because I don't know. I, I don't really know. Okay. Now, as if the kitchen couldn't get worse, this weekend at the beach, there was poop in it. And I don't just mean regular geese poop. Apparently, there was like a lot of poop and we couldn't go swimming. I went swimming. I'm hoping that I get a fourth leg. I would say third, but my penis is already a leg. Okay. I'm tired. The month of June, I got a sum value of how much I spent. I apparently spent $4,000 in the month of June. On fucking what? I have nothing to show for it except adult acne. Literally nothing to show for it besides Mars on my unibrow. I don't ask for much in this world. I ask for health, barely. I ask for a loving boyfriend. Right now I'm constantly asking him if he loves me. He says yes. I'm self-conscious. And now I have seven eyes on the top of my forehead. So, so what did I spend $4,000 on? And if you were curious, it wasn't on my therapy appointments because guess what? I switched insurances because I turned 26 and now I no longer have a therapist because my insurance doesn't cover my therapy. That's fucking great. I lost my therapist. I feel like I just got broken up with in a very healthy relationship. Her and I were just talking about how good everything was going, how I felt really confident and comfortable. I was using the word gay a lot more because everybody knows I hate that word. I don't know why, okay? It's internalized homophobia. Get over it. Move on. And we were going to start working more on it. And I said, okay, I'll see you in two weeks. And then that was June 3rd. And it's now July 9th when I am filming this. And I no longer have a therapist. Okay? Moral of the story is I hate insurance. Second piece of advice that I have for you all is um, go to therapy, but the, the problem is I need to get there first. So if you all just want to like hold off six to 10 business months, because that's how long it's going to take me to find a new one, because I was lucky enough to find this therapist in, I, I reached out to her in October, two years ago, and I started that sessions with her in January. So I was lucky enough that it was like, you know, quick and painless process. But here I am after paying $250 out of pocket for a 55-minute session with her after my insurance didn't cover it, and now I no longer have a therapist. So I'm going to take a moment of silence to, um, to really mourn the loss of, of my therapist. The bitch isn't dead. She just can no longer see me. If you have Harvard Pilgrim, they hate crime you. They really do. Because nothing is fucking covered by insurance. Nothing. Literally nothing. Do I want adult acne medication? Yep. Is it covered? Nope. How much do I have to pay for it out of pocket? $175. What am I not doing? That. 
What am I not doing? Paying that. It is not my fault that I have acne. And you know what else is not my fault? Being born. I didn't ask for this. I did not ask to be brought into this life 26 years ago. I didn't. So why do I have to pay to be alive? I feel as though that is wrong. Okay? Hot take. Hot take. But if I don't have a choice, I shouldn't have to pay. Somebody better find me a therapist because I'm feeling unstable. I am really feeling unstable at this moment. Now that we've caught up on life and now that we're here, we're, we're queer, we're together. I appreciate you being here this week. Let's get into today's topic. So today's episode is going to talk about the three differences between the terms gay and queer and why it matters. This is something that I've wanted to do for a little while, but didn't necessarily know too much about how to describe it. And I know that sounds kind of weird, like, Brian, you're gay. Shouldn't you know what the word queer means? It's your community. But like, up until recently, I didn't really pay much attention to the word because in my head and the way that I was born and raised, the word queer was used very freely as was the word gay in terms of like a negative connotation or like that's so gay, you're acting really queer. But I looked at it as derogatory when in reality, like there are so many other meanings behind the word gay and queer. And I think it's important that we kind of digest those two. When I was in grad school, I had a, at the time, a friend, no longer my friend, that fucking Republican ass motherfucking bitch. But she would used to like, she called me one night and she was like, Brian, my mom and I have a question. What does the word queer mean? And this was back in 2019, 2020. And I was like, I have no fucking idea. I have no fucking idea. And I'm sure some of us sitting here listening now are like, I also have no fucking idea what that means. Because it's very interesting to know that there is a difference between those two terms. And people do relate to those terms very differently. There was a story that I read where someone was like, for a while they thought they were gay and maybe for some time they were and there was nothing wrong with it. But now in today's society, knowing what the word queer stands for and queer is one of the the letters in the acronym LGBTQ that usually is always there unless people just do LGBT because to some people queer is just an umbrella term. So the word queer and the identification queer has many different facets. Some use it to encompass all non-heterosexual, non-cisgender identities. And that's an understandable use of the term. Like I've mentioned, I interpret it personally to be partially about giving space for exploring gender and sexuality and including so many different groups of people that demand space and demand a challenge to stability. Certainly, a wide variety of non-heterosexual, non-cisgender folks are queer, but queer might cover some part of that spectrum. It's not limited to it. So, for example, someone may say, I'm not gay, nor lesbian, nor bisexual, and not transgender. I'm not anything other than just queer. There are also some people who might call straight, if you looked at them and their partners, and impose genders onto them, but they're actually queer. And many gay, lesbian, and transgender individuals do not identify as queer. And I think that's important that I run that back just in case it, it didn't come across the right way. There are people who some of you might call, quote, straight if you looked at them and their partners. And then because of the way that you view them, you impose a gender onto them. However, we don't know what they are or how they identify, and they could identify as queer. Like, plenty of the names 
marginalized people call themselves, queer has a history of reclaiming its own identity, which many controversial political implications and the universalizing aspect that's too contradictory for some. For example, in my personal life, I tend to use the word gay rather than queer because for me, I wasn't fully understanding of how much queer encapsulates the entire community as an umbrella term, so to speak. But not to set the two words in opposition of each other or even to say that they can't sometimes overlap, but this is why I think distinguishing the two might help people who whether you're listening to this and you feel as though you're still exploring gender or sexuality, or maybe you're just trying to understand a little bit more about the LGBTQ plus community, which is why you're listening to this. I can keep stuttering over my words. Jesus Christmas. Um, I think it's important that we, we have a little bit more of a conversation with three different facts and three different ways to kind of define and explore gender and sexuality. So the first one is that queer is a slur for some and a reclamation for others. Now, I'm not a queer historian. Remember, I always say I'm just somebody with lived experiences. I'm not an expert. I'm not a researcher. I'm none of those things. And I'm sure as hell not a historian. And I still know I have a lot to learn. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick to the basics. Here's what I know so far from looking things up. Queer literally meant just, quote, strange or peculiar, indicating a deviation from the norm. The word was turned into basically something that people did not approve of. People disapproved of it, they had contempt towards it, and it was used to describe those with non-heterosexual desires and behaviors about a century ago. For some, there's simply so much pain associated with the word queer, and I get that, and I understand that, because for some, people were born and raised hearing the word queer as a slur. You can't tell me that you get to change a word with a meaning as beautiful as peculiar, and I don't get to take it back from you. I'm also young and haven't lived through the widespread use of queer as a derogatory term, so admittedly, my feelings are biased towards this. I did grow up in a household, remember, like I said, where gay and queer were used as um, strange or derogatory terms. However, we've moved past that as a family, and we've moved past that as... Uh, immediate community environment that I surround myself with. The movement to reclaim was actually an affirmation caught on how relatively recently, as did queerness as a theoretical framework or what was known as queer theory. Queer's not too distant past as a slur explains a lot of the continued resistance to its use. Queer theorists, influenced in part by the work of French philosopher Michael Fouquet, usually deal with sexuality not removed from gender, but simultaneously, and question them both. Many push back against the essentialist idea that sex and gender are different and question the limitations inherent in a binary gendered perspective. Remember, binary gendered meaning that there is only two genders on the planet, male and female. Alongside all of this, there were also other researchers like Judith Butler and Eve Sedwick, who were also very influential queer theorists, which is why I think it's important to mention them, as well as Jose Esteban Munoz, who explained in the book Feeling Utopia, quote, we have never been queer, yet queerness exists for us as an identity that can be distilled from the past and used to imagine a future. The future is queerness's domain. 
Now think about it, queerness was a political question that asked but didn't necessarily see answers to the questions, what is sex anyway? What is gender? What is sexuality? Can we ever truly know? And for some non-heterosexual, non-cisgender people, they choose not to or have yet to invest in that political question as is their prerogative. And that's okay too. It's okay to understand that not everybody is going to understand how they identify or what they choose to identify as, but it's our responsibility as people who have the privilege to be identifying the way that we outwardly can express to give space where space is needed and give support whenever that is also needed. The second thing I want to talk about is that there's so much erasure of people of color, gender non-conforming, non-binary, and other people in the gay and queer spaces. Now, I am a white, hetero, nope, I almost just called myself straight. See, even I get confused. I am a white, cisgender, homosexual man. So I can't speak too heavily on how it feels to be a person of color or gender non-conforming or non-binary. However, something that I pulled up says that as a black person in America, their experience with gender and sexuality is going to be vastly different than a similarly situationed white person. And that's all good and doesn't mean we can't find solidarity as we fight our different battles, but still gendered struggles against cis-heterosexism. But that solidarity often goes one way. Now, I want you to do something. I want you to go to your mainstream, quote, gay publications and look at the leadership of the human rights campaign. You'd think you were looking at the Oscars, the Tonys, the fucking... Country Music Awards, I don't fucking know. It's white, it's male, it's cisgender, and it's committed to the gender binary of only men and women existing. It's not people of color. And don't get me started on gay nightclubs in any city outside of a, quote, ethnic night. Because when you think back to it, and that can sound very insensitive or very, like, harsh or, like, Brian, you can't say that, but it's true. Look at clubs in your area. Look at bars. Look at nightclubs. Look at spaces that you're in. Do they have nights of, like, different cultures, different themes, different nationalities and races and religions and different identities? Do they use those as a marketing platform in order to get certain communities into their space? When you think about it, when you go to those spaces, even if they're thinking about these nightclubs, thinking about these themes and these these nights that they try to throw, it was white faces that can't perceive black ones, blatant cultural appropriation, and people with no interest in recognizing the lack of maleness that may come with someone who is not heterosexual or cisgender. Now, don't get me wrong. Again, I'm speaking from the front of a white privileged individual. It doesn't mean non-white, non-male, non-cisgender folks can't find a connection in spaces like that or make spaces of their own within it. Remember, I am a huge fan of reclaiming your name, reclaiming your space. After all, and if it were technically described to me, I maybe would embrace things differently. Because remember, queerness, as I said, is specifically and supposed to give room to move outside of the narrowness that is, quote, normal concepts of identity. It is specifically, remember, supposed to embrace the vastness of difference, which would obscenely include more than white cisgender men. But white supremacist cis-heterosexism is invasive and is nearly impossible to escape in the world we live in today. It's also worth noting that queer is an English word. 
So the limitations of this language in defining pre-colonial non-white cultures and non-white cultures that move away from their colonized histories abound. Those who become the prominent leaders in the movement to reclaim queerness were still predominantly white. Now, however, they are or should be exploring what it means to be more than just white if truly operating with a queer framework in mind and really here for the more holistic picture. But when that exploitation is not yet complete, as Munoz implies, it can never be who is hurt in the meantime. I'm going to read this little this sentence for you from genprideseattle.org, and it says, I recently had a white queer person tell me I was, quote, taking up space from non-binary people by claiming my identity as non-binary because I am often perceived as male. This person could only conceive of a queer, quote, space that looked like what they were used to, and my black body, which they read as male, could not even fit in their queer world. Take that in for a minute and think about that. Think about the, not only the internalized struggle that people go through, but what these statements mean and how they affect those surrounding them in their environments and what it means and what it does to not only their mental well-being, but their, their comfortableness in their own skin and coming to terms with who they are and figuring that out. Many people of color, gender non-conforming people, or non-binary folks often get rejecting of those labels altogether because the label fight is just not for them. Now, based on my understanding of queerness, I interpret even that rejection a queer action, regardless of how one is identified, and it too has great importance. Like I've been saying, we should give room to folks to follow their journey however it comes to them as long as it doesn't stop others from following theirs. Because remember, that is queerness, after all. And my final point that I want to bring up about the terms gay and queer is that gay and queer have unique relationships with the concept of sex. And I know I haven't talked often about sex like I want to on here, but I'm just trying to find the right way to like talk about it and bring it into this space and all of these things. But when I think about it, I am unashamed of sex. Before I met my significant other, now my boyfriend, my lover, my, my best friend, all of that, sex was my thing. I loved it. And I still love it, don't get me wrong, but in a different way. But my queerness is not limited to the question of sexuality. Gayness, homosexuality, is inherently a question of sexuality. It's not a wrong question. In fact, it's an important question for queerness too, which is why gay and queer are compatible. It just isn't the only or central question. For me, when I thought myself gay, it was an identity that had everything to do with the gender of who I was sexually attracted to, which is still how I look at it. And again, that's different for everybody. I'm not here to define gay and queer in your terms. That's what you need to do on your own time if that's how you choose to identify. But for queer people oftentimes they don't necessarily know what gender they identify with. How could someone know how the gender of people is in relation to their own? How could I know if I'm a homo or hetero or bi if I'm not the same as or opposite of anyone? My relationship with gayness was definitely defined by what I thought I knew myself to like. Let me pose the question. Is liking based on sex or intimacy, 
what is sex without intimacy? Intimacy without sex? Because if intimacy means more to me than sex, does having intimacy with someone without having sex with them define my sexuality? Does having sex without intimacy? What is sex? What is intimacy? See, you can ask yourself these questions like, why do we have to define how we see ourselves? Why do I have to sit here and say, I'm gay, I'm bi, I'm straight? When in reality, it's not about those labels. We are in a label culture, like I said. None of those things are defined enough for some people to identify in any way other than the way it allows them to be undefined. Exploring queerness, those are questions that get asked every day, and maybe there is no answer to any of them. Okay? Maybe they change from year to year, or day to day, and person to person. Maybe they might never know. And for some people, they are defined enough to be both gay and queer in a given moment. Maybe that will change for those. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. That's okay. That's the peculiarity of queerness. To wrap it up, to bring this whole thing together, to tie it in a nice little bow, gayness and queerness are two different things. But sometimes gayness is a part of queerness and vice versa. Ultimately, this language is limited. We live in a society that sees things as labels and titles and expectations. And so it follows that there are limitations to how we describe ourselves. I know I'm gay, but I'm still figuring out how to describe myself as a person. Someone you know may be going through this exact same conversation and you listening to this may have helped you open up those eyes into understanding a little bit more about what someone else is going through. And to be quite honest with you, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to figure that out if I didn't know that there were other ways. If I didn't know that queer was different than gay, if I knew that one size didn't and doesn't fit to everyone, there are other ways. There are always other ways for me, you, and everybody else, including allies. Be queer, be gay, be both, be neither, but be you. The more we expand what being could be, the more we expand what being could mean, the more this is possible. As always, thank you all so much for your patience this week. Thank you all so much for being here and listening and, and being willing to have these conversations and learn something new each week. Without you all, we would not be able to have these conversations. I appreciate you all. I hope this month is off to a great start for you all. If you have any questions, you want to talk a little bit more, you have topics you want to hear, send them my way because remember, this is the People's Podcast, okay? I appreciate you all. I love you all. Get some sleep, get some dick, get some head, get some fucking cronuts. I don't fucking know. You ever see that Vaseline commercial with like the the fucking, it just came out. Go look it up. Type in Vaseline on your Google and then like look at the new campaign they just did. It's like a donut hole. Weird. Anyways, as always, good night, good luck, and go fucking sit on a dick.